Hey, what's going on, Cycle Shack? I have to say, I found your podcast by listening to the intros page, so that was pretty awesome. Got to give them a shout out because it paid off. Um, also, um, I just wanted to say um, that, for I guess for my opinion, I would love for the Pan America to be obviously the Panhead. Um, little story about me is that I grew up. Um, on the back of my father's panhead. I think it was a 67. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on it. But a little, I mean, he used to ride me to elementary school, junior high, maybe not elementary school, but junior high, high school sometimes. And I mean, I, I named my son Harley. And actually, me and my fiance run an organization called Bikers Against Drug Drivers. So we should definitely stay in contact. I love your content. I'm a Harley fan till the day I die. Yeah. Hey, Cycle Shack, it's your girl, Positive Spread, here. Um, I just wanted to call in. I wanted to get your feedback. Um, I just read a headline about Harley-Davidson last night saying that they are actually going to close one of their manufacturing plants in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, yeah, their sales are definitely have been dropping since last year. And I don't know about you. Are you worried? Are you... You know, like an avid Harley, you know, I, I heard that they're coming out with like an electric, you know, ride and everything, but it's just like, I'm a little like heartbroken over this news, you know what I mean? Just like growing up as a child of a Harley rider and having my son named Harley, it's like, dude, what the heck is going on? Why are, you know, why isn't the brand growing, brand growing, you know, why is it dying? It can't die off. It just can't. What do you think? What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm Ivan Rodriguez. This is the Cycle Shack, the podcast that talks about everything motorcycles and more. So what's going on, folks? It is Wednesday, January 31st, 2018. It's about 9.08 p.m. I'm here in my little basement studio. And uh, I decided to jump on because I got a call from a person who normally calls the show or at least who's placed their second call Um and got a lot. No, I don't have a lot to talk about. See, this is what I love about podcasting and podcasting on the fly. Nothing is scripted with me. I just come off off the top of my head and write and just splatter it out. Um, positive spread. Thank you for calling in once again. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate that feedback. So I want to hear some more people. Positive. Keep calling in. Thank you. But I want to hear more people also, especially with what I'm going to talk about today. Positive spread brought up a, a good point. But before I discuss that point, I just want to tell everybody, if you have not downloaded Anchor.fm, what are you waiting for? If you're listening to this podcast on another platform, it originates at Anchor.fm. It's easy. Go to your Google Play Store or go to Apple iTunes, download Anchor.fm, start your own podcast, or listen to this one. For those of you that are listening on at the Anchor.fm app, you'll hear a song before and after the show. Like today, you heard Van Halen in the beginning, Eruption, and after, when I'm done, you're going to hear Guns N' Roses, November Rain. So those are two of the cool things that you can do with Anchor.fm. If you haven't hit it up, hit it up, man. Download it. It's a cool app. I'll put it to you this way. This podcast I used to do on iTunes, and I say used to because I used to have to pay to put it on a server to then upload it to iTunes. I probably still can, but for my own personal reasons, I don't. But anyway... Um, I, 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 it's totally free. 
I come on, I talk, I say what I got to say. Look, I'm recording on a studio. No lie, I'm down in a cubicle, a homemade cubicle in my basement. I have a studio microphone. I've got a studio processor, a studio mixer, studio recorder, and I'm recording on my studio, and I just pull out my zip drive, go on my laptop, dump it on anchor.fm. Away it goes. They chop it up for me into segments, and away it goes, man. And, and, And you get some free podcast time to talk about what you want to talk about and what i love the most is that people can get to call in to the podcast and give an opinion ask a question um shoot the breeze with you and it's fun so try it anchor.fm if you haven't downloaded give it a shot so i got a call from positive spread and she brought up a topic that I wanted to talk about that other podcasts are kind of beaten to death, which that's okay. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that the topic is kind of getting crazy already. But um, I am particular to Harley Davidson's. I've always loved Harley Davidson's. Now, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm going to tell you that because of affordability, and we all know Harley's are pretty expensive, um, they've gotten more affordable, but the bottom line is when you're first starting out on motorcycles, you're a kid, you can't really afford a Harley unless you get something used, especially nowadays on the Craigslist era, etc. But anyway, moving forward, I always had Japanese cruisers. So I always had Vulcans, Suzuki's, um, Suzuki Intruder. I had a Kawasaki Vulcan. I've had a, a, a Honda a, a GS500 and so on, etc. I even had a Yamaha V-Star. Um, but by far, the best bike I've ever ridden out of all of them has been the Harley. And from when, ever since I was a kid, I've always said, I will own a Harley one day. And here it is. I've owned four of them. I'm on my fourth bike. Now, I'm, again, two of those bikes have been my wife's. All right. I've had the, uh, the Street 750, the Sportster uh, 883 Iron. I've had an 08 Ultra Classic. Anniversary edition, and now I currently own a 2016 Ultra Limited Low. So I will say that to me, not only because I'm a fan, but because I fell in love with the rideability, Harley Davidson has always been my favorite. And now that I own them, I'm in love with them even more. So, that being said, I got a call from Positive Spread. The topic was Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson announced today. You got a bunch of internet magazines, newspapers, everybody. The news broke this morning. Harley Davidson to close their Kansas City, Missouri plant as sales slump. That's from autoblog.com. I have here Jalopnik. <laughs> Jalopnik.com. Their article's titled Harley Davidson is sad and getting sadder. USA Today, Harley-Davidson closes Kansas City plant as motorcycle sales fail. Well, I tell you what, this is not only because I'm particular to Harley-Davidson's. Um, does it worry me? Yes and no. Yes, because I don't want to hear that the, the motorcycle company that, I, that, I, uh, that I'm biased to, that I'm preferenced, that you know, is my preference, you know, they're... they're, they're, they're have the potential of going under. That may sound a little harsh, 
but it's always a potential. Now, one thing I've learned, especially in my adult years when it comes to business, companies always have expectations and numbers, it's always numbers, guys, not meeting their expectations and saying, oh my God, it's an epic failure. We were supposed to sell XYZ. We only sold this amount and we have to, no. Numbers guys have always been wrong. That's one. Two, yes, the sales for Harley-Davidson has declined. Is this the first slump Harley-Davidson has ever been in? Of course not. Of course not. I will say maybe to not this extent. But remember, if you remember yesteryear, Harley-Davidson, the original Harley-Davidson owners sold to AMF, the people who made bowling equipment. That's right. The bowling equipment company, AMF, bought Harley-Davidson. They call it the AMF years. And that was the years where Harley-Davidson got its notoriety from always leaking oil because AMF built a crappy bike. Okay? They took Harley-Davidson. They cut corners to save money. Okay? They, 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 they numbered it to death. with You know, they butchered it. They hacked the plants apart cut corners to save money and they put out a crappy product bikes were leaking oil bikes were having problems etc etc so what happened a bunch of people including willie g davidson got together and they bought the company back and brought it back into the harley davidson family and it's been there ever since now this was probably in the early to mid 70s maybe late 70s if i if i have to be corrected please call into the show um Shame on me for not getting my facts, but like I said, I do things on the fly, on the whim. That's just the way I am. So please feel free to call in and correct my education on Harley-Davidson. I won't be offended. I welcome it. Um, so that being said, they brought slowly the company back to where it became. I say where it became was because another thing that threw Harley-Davidson right through the, the, the door and put it on the map again was the choppers era. What do I mean by the choppers era? The biker build-offs, the Discovery Channel era. You remember back in 2001, around there, from maybe 2000, 2001 to about 2006, you had the biker build-off era. You had the Jesse James Motorcycle Mania series, one, two, and three. You had the uh, biker build-off. The Discovery Channel was going crazy coming out. American Chopper, the Tuttles. You had Milwaukee Iron. Okay. The chopper craze was bananas for about five or six years. And this made the industry go up all over. Okay. Even Kawasaki and Yamaha, even they felt the effects. Okay. Business was booming for bikes. So positive when you called in earlier to answer your question to what's up with that. If you're a Harley fan, you hang in there. Why? Because Harley is one of the best. Okay, they may not be the best. In my opinion, they're the best. They've gotten better at their products. They're only getting better. They've stepped up their game. I'm tired of hearing, even though it may be true that Harley had, they're not appealing to the millennials. They've always dealt with that. Not everybody preferred Harley. Not one, well, I can't even say that. The younger generation has never preferred the bagger. The heavier bagger series, Harley, the Street Glide, has been one of their best performing bikes, period. It's no secret. But it's never always appealed to that 18, 
20-year-old, 22-year-old. They want the street bike. They want the speed. Now that 22-year-old becomes 30. All right, their back's starting to hurt. Now they, all right, let me, I'm 30, 35. Let me jump into a uh, Heritage Softail. From the Heritage Softail, man, you know what? I want I want some, I want to go on those long cruises. And, I, man, it'd be nice if I had some saddlebags. Boom, Street Glide comes into play. And the Harley lover is born. Okay, so the Harley Davidson phase is a gradual phase. Okay, there's not a lot of people jumping on the Harley bandwagon nowadays. Everybody who's riding Harleys is getting older and they're doing away with their bikes because they're too old to ride. That's not necessarily 100% true, but it's getting there. The baby boomers are moving on, but those millennials from back in the 90s are getting older. Eventually, they're going to want to jump on Harleys and the Harleys they're going to want to jump on are not going to be sportsters or going to be heritage soft tails. They might want that bagger again. That $20,000, $23,000, $24,000, bagger, CVO, Street Glide, Road Glide, Ultra Classic, etc. Or maybe even a trike. So it's in phases, guys. Have faith. Don't lose faith in Harley Davidson. They have never closed their doors. They have proven time and time again that they are the best. The best by far. They've been around since the early 1900s, what, 1902, 1903? Again, you can correct my history if you want, but they're still here. Meanwhile, Indian is sitting there polishing their nails. They're doing great, but you know what? You've closed your doors, Indian, twice over. Harley Davidson was still around when you closed those doors. So you can say what you want, okay? Uh, Victory went under. Polaris decided to dump them. Harley Davidson still around. So say what you want about Harley Davidson. This is a phase. It's going to get worse before it gets better. So right now, they're hitting their bottom. It's okay. They do have to step up their game. They need to do their research. Come out with a bike that's going to appeal. Do what you got to do. To throw, to refer back to this article on autoblog.com, and again, this was published, uh, I don't see an author's name, but it's courtesy of autoblog.com. Harley Davidson, the closed Kansas City plant as sales slump. So basically the article is saying that the Harley Davidson Motor Corporation is closing its Kansas City, Missouri plant and shifting their operations to its York, Pennsylvania plant. The Milwaukee-based maker of heavyweight motorcycles is responding to a four-year sales decline and a steep drop in 2017. Okay. The move means there's going to be about 800 jobs lost in Kansas City starting mid-year, and they expect to close the plant completely by fall of 2019. So what they're jumping on the bandwagon now is that they're trying to lump Harley-Davidson with Trump. And it says here, the company which President Trump praised last year as a great example of a business creating jobs and building factories in the U.S. says it will add up to about 450 new full and part-time jobs uh, and contractor positions at the York plant. So, to give you an idea of what they say the sales have fallen to, they said sales will fall up to 4.9% more in 2018 after dropping 6.7% in 2017. The net income fell 82% in the fourth quarter to $8.3 million, which is down from $47.18 million 
in the same quarter of 2016. So their sales have declined. Uh, it says here, the Kansas City plant is home to Harley's vehicle and powertrain operations assembling Dyna, Sportster, uh, VRSC motorcycles, and manufacturing powertrains for V-Rod bikes. It opened in 1998 and has one of Harley-Davidson, and is, is one of Harley-Davidson's four U.S. factories. The company also maintains a production facility in Australia, Brazil, India, and Thailand. Harley does plan to reverse its decline, um, including bringing its Livewire electric bike to the market within 18 months. That's new because they dropped Project Livewire because it wasn't going to be profitable and it was taking too long to bring to the market. I don't see a future in electric motorcycles. That's my opinion. It's not a fact. But the future is not in battery-operated vehicles. I will tell you that right now. Batteries are going to be our next downfall 30 years from now. Mark my words. That's going to be our next problem. All the pollution and all the landfills full with batteries. There's only but so many components in a battery that you can recycle. But that's not a, a, a the best alternative to alternative fuels. Um, and personally... A battery-operated electric motorcycle may be cool to have to zip around town. And, okay, they're making batteries last a little longer. Batteries have something called thermal runaway. That's always a danger. Um, it has a lot of torque. Anything battery-operated, a battery-operated motor is going to have a hell of a lot of torque. Uh, it's a different ride. I'm sure it is. I'm more than sure it is. And there's no engine sound. It's just a... It's just quiet. It's very aero. It's it's quiet. It's stealthy. It defeats the prince. It's not. It's, is it really called motorcycling at that point? I don't know. Call me a purist. Um. So they're bringing back the project Livewire, the Livewire electric bike. They claim within eighteen months. Let's hope that happens. A ten-year strategy also involves training two million new U.S. riders. Growing. Uh, uh, they're trying to do a push on the young people to kind of they're launching out mobile campaigns similar to the the trucks that go out and do the demo rides where they're sending these trucks out to local dealers and they're they're signing people up to learn how to ride motorcycle and Harley Davidson's training these people on street 500s how to ride a bike in hopes that they want to buy a Harley Davidson so they're trying to attract those people who normally don't ride and want to ride they say well hey come to Harley Davidson We'll set up a day, set you up with more people, and you can sign up. We'll bring the truck here with the bikes, and you can learn how to ride here. And in return, we'll give you maybe a 15% discount on your next purchase of a Harley-Davidson. You know, anything. Sales gimmick. Okay, no problem. They also say that growing international markets to 50% of sales. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. but And launching 100 new high-impact motorcycles. Let's see what happens. Harley-Davidson gave a plan last year. They're planning on releasing some more motorcycles. I think they said 50 bikes in five years. Let's see what happens. I know they're reviving some bikes. Uh, as I mentioned in the last podcast, there's a plan to bring a couple of more bikes into play that may be newer bikes. Let's see what happens. You know, um, But again, don't give up on Harley-Davidson just yet. You got all the naysayers saying, oh, well, look at Harley, big and bad. That's what they get for charging a fortune for their bikes. You're right. 
there is a Harley tax, but there's still that undeniable loyalty that's out there. There are still hundreds and thousands of people who are still dedicated, loyal Harley fans. And even even if they decline in sales a little bit more, there's still going to be people out there buying Harley. They're still the best, especially here in the U.S. They're still the number one sold motorcycle here in the 50 states, okay? So, say what you want. Harley's still Harley. There's nothing like a Harley Davidson. Nothing. There's nothing like having that motor, separate tranny, and the primary brings them both together. It feels like you're riding on a cloud. Trust me when I tell you. From a guy who rode Japanese cruisers all his life, but was always dying for that Harley, and the day I was able to afford one, and I got one on, and, and, I, and I got on one, I never went back, and I will never go back. So there you have it. That's my opinion on Harley-Davidson going under. I hope that answers some questions. Those of you that are Harley lovers, keep the faith. Um, support your local Harley dealer as best as you can. I am a do-it-yourselfer. I promote doing things yourself, but we're talking about sales here. Let's face it. You're always going to go back to Harley to buy parts, even if you're a do-it-yourselfer. You're always going to go back to buy Harley swag. So you're not abandoning them. You know, I, I, I'm particular to American products. My driveway is full of Ford and Mercury. That's all I have. And one Chevy. That's just the way I feel. I want to support my country. I love my country. I love America. Now, the politicians and the politics, that I don't care for. When it comes to that, it's the people. So... That's my opinion, guys, on Harley-Davidson and the threat of them going under. So, on a more positive note, let me... And I lost my notes here. Great. I'm on my iPad and uh, had my notes out. And again, this is not scripted. What I mean by notes is I would have my internet articles up that I want to talk about because I just save them. I don't particularly write anything to actually... Uh, broadcast so it's that time of year where we're aching you got the cabin fever it warmed up the other day to about almost 50 degrees so i went to the back opened up the shed i got my lawnmower blocking my motorcycles i pulled the lawnmower out the way took the battery tender off the bike fired her up fired up real nice and man when i got to hear that engine oh the chills that went down my spine i want to ride so bad I really, really, really want to ride so bad. I can't wait to get on those two wheels again. I need a rear tire. Uh, I got to go back to uh, Harley and get a rear tire. I technically need both per, per them when I took it to service. But the front tire is in great shape. The front tire, I'll get a way plenty more than a whole season. They just recommend changing them both. If you're going to do the rear, you might as well do them both. Well, my budget says I'm just going to do the rear. So I'm going to do the rear tire, get it done. I got about five to 800 miles left on it of treadwear but i'm gonna go ahead and get it done for safety reasons and um man i can't wait i got plenty of rides in store this this summer uh this season with the group that i ride and um yeah man i was looking at an article and the article's entitled uh it's by rideapart.com and it's titled the five best motorcycle rides in pa so um number one was east berlin Machosik's State Forest Loop 
if I pronounce that right. It's in South Central Pennsylvania. Beautiful forest landscapes, apple orchards. And let me see if it gives me the route goes. Well, it doesn't show me a route. Uh, let me see here. Ah, it says uh, take Machuk State Forest down to Route 30. Cross over to two, Route 230. You know what? I don't know what I'm talking about, man. This is giving me a headache. All right. Ride number two, Pennsylvania Route 6. Now, this ride I've been on. haven't been to it all the way, but if you start in Milford, Pennsylvania, which is in the New York Port Jervis border, Milford, Pennsylvania, you take Route 6, and that takes you all the way across to Carbondale, Pennsylvania. It's about uh, 50.1 miles. It'll take you about an hour and 20 to 25 minutes, hour and a half if you want to coast it and grab some lunch on the way. Uh, maybe a little longer than that, but... um. A lot of stuff to see on that route. Uh, another highlight of the trip is to ride to uh, Pine Creek Gorge, which is known as the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. And uh, that is a nice ride, man. It's, it's about 50 miles of canyon. We're at about 1,000 feet deep. So that that's cool. I want to take that. You got, uh, it says here, number three, U.S. Route 30 from Chambersburg to Breezewood. About an hour and four minutes. If you want to check these out, guys, go to rideapart.com. And the article is titled, Five Best Motorcycle Rides in PA. And it's by Scott Huntington on rideapart.com. Cool article. Just thought I'd share it. I'm, I'm the type of person that's always looking for new places to go, new places to ride in the New York, tri-state New York area. I'll hit anywhere pretty much in New York, um, New Jersey, Pennsylvania uh, area. Um, this year I plan on exploring more of Pennsylvania because I'm on the, I'm about 20 minutes from the Pennsylvania border. So I plan on exploring a little bit more in Pennsylvania and um, cruising out that way. I'm also going to plan a what's called a nowhere run. The nowhere run is... Uh, an idea that I got from my wife and a friend of hers. They were posting up some kind of a ride on Facebook for a group that we ride, and um, <laughs> the destination was to nowhere. So I said, you know what? That would be a cool idea, a nowhere ride. What do you mean a nowhere ride? Well, the nowhere ride for me is going to consist of this. We get up crazy early, have breakfast, get on the road at dawn, ride your motorcycle, if it takes two gas tanks, it takes two gas tanks, but you're going to ride your motorcycle till dusk. Where the road takes you, don't matter. Pick a state, go. Ride till dusk, from sunup to sundown. When the sun goes down, you're done for the day. Gas up, get ready for the morning. Camp out somewhere. What do I mean by camp out? Pitch a tent, get a sleeping bag, park at one of those KOA campgrounds. Okay, light a little fire, tell some stories, have a few laughs. Knock out on some sleeping bags, wake up in the morning, do it all over again. Or you can ride back at home. That's the nowhere ride or the nomad ride. That's real motorcycling. I'd love to do that cross country. I'd love to go to New York and L.A. on the northern tier of the states and then return on the southern tier. And if I can, camp out on the road, on the side of the road somewhere. In the forest or something. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Someplace safe. If you find some some kids, there's those KOA campgrounds where people can pull off, rent a little cabin or or, or, or 
pitch a tent off to the side and there's like barbecue grills and stuff, stuff like that all over the country. Pull into a campground, pitch a tent, uh, throw a sleeping bag in. There's always little general stores as long as you get there early enough in those places where you can get ice, a uh, pack of meat and, 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 you know, s'mores or something just to throw a quick campfire meal together and away you go. It, it, it ain't that crazy. It ain't going to kill you to live that way for a week. I know it ain't going to kill me, man. To me, that's paradise. I, I, I really wish I had the time off from work to do that. I will someday. So I'm not going to bore you guys any longer. Thanks for listening. Hey, give me some feedback. Call into the show. If you don't feel like calling in, check out the Cycle Shack Podcast, uh, Facebook at the Cycle Shack Podcast, or the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Send me an email. Talk to me about anything. It's Ivan Rodriguez for the Cycle Shack. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you ride, keep those two wheels down. Talk to you soon. Peace.